Everybody, you're listening to the Drunken UX Podcast. I am your host, uh, Michael Feenan. I almost forgot my name there for one quick second, uh, <laughs> but I made it, and you heard a laugh, and that means that I have somebody joining me again this week. <laughs> I'm Aaron Hill. I'm, I'm your other host here. You may remember me from episodes past. From such episodes as that one long, long and ago. that other one. <laughs> the one where I said something bad. <laughs> Folks, you're listening to episode number 49. We're going to be going over some Woo! UX impressions of the uh, Facebook redesign that is starting to roll out. This is FB5, as it is being called in certain circles. Uh, let's see. You, got, you said you got a cold? I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I, if I sound a little stuffy uh, this week, I'm a, little, I'm a little nasally, and I can't help it. I'm going to try to <laughs> power through, though. Folks, if you are enjoying the Drunken UX podcast run by our sponsors over at Porkbun. Pork bun. Check them out at porkbun.com. You can get a free year of a dot .design domain name. Just use the coupon code DRUNKENUX when you check out uh, and, and go see, uh, get yourself a new domain. I need a new one. I let two of them expire this week. So. <gasps> hey, you know what? It's kind of freeing to watch a domain expire and just be like, nah. You know, it's true. I, it, when you let a domain go, you no longer have to have it in the back of your mind. I should do something with this. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to buy into that do less better mantra. It's like, yeah, I don't need those. I don't I don't need to think about doing something else that I don't have time for. So outside of that, be sure to check us out on Twitter or Facebook. You can catch us at slash drunken UX. Uh we are on Instagram slash drunken UX podcast, or you can hop on and t- chat with us on Slack. Just go to drunkenux.com slash slack and that will feed you right into our little handy dandy invite system. We let anybody in. I let Aaron in, so. <laughs> uh, tell me about what you're drinking. I've got a, uh, I've got a coffee here with some stuff in it. It's, tech, it's technically coffee. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, uh, I pre-gamed a little bit. <laughs> so I had a glass of scotch. Um, but oh, Which kind? Uh, Glen 18. Nice. It's nice go-to for me. I guess, yeah, I should have said that. Uh, but uh, then I followed it up with a glass of uh, Stella Cedra. Oh, oh, nice. And then I followed that up with a shot of Jaeger. You're just covering all the bases. So... Here. Did you get bingo yet? We're going to see how this goes. <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, I want to talk uh, real quick. So last, in last episode, we talked briefly about... Uh, the update that's coming to Chrome, where they are going to start blocking mixed content on uh, HTTPS pages. Very right. interesting uh, idea, very cool way to kind of force people to do better. You may like it, you may not. It may cause some folks problems, I have no doubt. But Chrome is not alone in saying, you know what, we're going to start forcing some stuff on people. <laughs> it's very apropos that we would be discussing this browser with this feature today, given what else we're talking about. Also true. (laughs) So Firefox has announced that uh, they did some research earlier this year, and they plan early in 2020 to start blocking notification spam in the browsers. Nice. I love that. Yeah, so this is a. I always decline anyways, but... Right, and, and so I'll mention here in a second, they did some research on that as part of, you know, the backup for why they're doing this. Basically... 
Firefox, I feel like over the last year and a half or so, Firefox has basically said, uh, it's time for us to be everybody's favorite browser again. <laughs> and, you know, they, they came after the developers first by, you know, they put in a ton of work into their dev tools, their sandbox mm -hmm. tools, all this um, accessibility tooling was light yeah. years ahead of everybody else for a while. And so developers slowly started coming back to Firefox to make use of this. Then they started saying, you know what? We're going to start putting an emphasis on privacy. And, you know, the mm -hmm. if you've used Firefox recently, you may be familiar with the uh, the Facebook containerization that they do. Oh, I love it. That's the whole reason that I, I, I use Firefox pretty much exclusively now. Um, and I it's predominantly for that reason. I, I am almost a complete convert back to Firefox again because of a lot of this. Now they're working on trying to beat Google to the punch at blocking notifications. Google is working on this, mind you. Yeah. But it looks like Firefox is going to get their version of it out the door ahead of Google. We're currently on version 70 of Firefox. And by version 72, which they're saying is early 2020, they're going to be releasing in a limited fashion uh, functionality that basically doesn't block notifications like you will still be able to agree to browser notifications but they are going to be hiding them in a way that when you visit like cnet you're not going to get that pop-up right in your face to right get notifications or whatever when we talk about notifications what we're talking about is like we want to send you updates you know when we release a new news story we want you to, to mm -hmm. allow us to use your location we want you to allow us to use your microphone and your camera it's yeah. this whole browser API that exists now for notifications, and it's a great tool. It's a great resource. The reason it exists is because browsers wanted to develop features faster than other like JavaScript and web APIs could allow, and this was a means of getting that functionality baked into a browser, but gating it so that you know people had to opt in. Mm -hmm. Problem being, of course, it. It really gets in your face over time. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking it was really cool initially with like how um, like Slack, for example, you could enable desktop notifications. And that was kind of the first time I really started to see this feature come out. And it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I don't have to have a separate app installed. I could just use the browser. Nice. But then like everyone started doing it. And I'm just like, oh, my God, stop it all. Just stop. No one. Don't want it anymore. Yeah, it's, no it's the kind of thing where it's useful in a very limited capacity, right? Like, there may mm -hmm. be one or two sites that you really do want to get notifications from. But if you've got a dozen of them, two dozen of them, it's so spammy at that point that it loses its usefulness to you. Right. All of these sites that are out there want you to allow notifications and be alerted. You know, it's it's basically the weaponization of RSS. <laughs> If you want to think about it, like, RSS was perfect because I request it, I put it into a tool that lets me go into it and get it, but I still get that trickle of your content on my demand. Fully weaponized desktop notifications. <laughs> what Mozilla did, uh, and we'll have some links in the show notes to, to this stuff, they started testing this back in April of uh, 2019, and they started collecting telemetry on all of the notification usage to figure out... How are people using them? What were the use cases? What was their interaction like? I'm going to just read a, a truncated uh, excerpt from this that said that 
the notifications prompt is by far the most frequently shown permission prompt. Um, that's, you know, when, and we say that again, that's compared to microphone, that's compared to location. Uh, mm-hmm. Not even 3% of these prompts got accepted by users. 19% of prompts caused users to leave the site immediately. <laughs> In stark contrast to the camera microphone prompt, which has an acceptance rate of about 85%. Okay, this this is the tragedy of comments for the attention economy again. Just like we saw with email. Everyone thinks like, oh, I'm just, I, it's just my little site. I'm just going to ask for to send notifications or I'm just going to send you just a little email here and there. And and nobody considers that every user is going to be getting email or notifications from everybody else because everyone else has the same attitude. Yeah. And we only have a finite amount of attention. So it it gets worn down really quickly. Right. But like, but by comparison, the camera microphone prompt, if you're going to a site that's prompting you for that, you probably want, you're, you're probably there for that reason. Like you're at Hangouts or whatever, you know, other teleconferencing product. Do you, you want to enable that? Yeah, and even to an extent, the location API. Mm-hmm. And I say to an extent because, for instance, if I go to homedepot.com and it wants to use the location API, I know it's using the location API because it's going to uh, locate me to my uh, my area yeah. store so that it can show sure. me if stuff's in stock. And then mm. you go to sites where that doesn't make sense. Uh, right, where, like a news a news site. For right, example. when when yeah. a news site or you know a music site, I had a music site do it to me at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, asks for location. It's you know very strange and kind of out of place. And even when we talk about notifications, if I'm going to a news site, I'm going to a news site to read the article. Yeah, and then I'm probably going to leave because that is the transaction of the relationship. I'm intending to have i'm not going to stay on the site and read 12 articles probably this gets back to uh, which episode it was either the weather one or the maybe the e-commerce one we were talking about how when a site is adding a feature because it helps the the people the business running the site rather than a feature being added because it helps the user right and and then in this case, like, you know, like the Home Depot example you mentioned, that helps you as the user and it facilitates the experience. But just adding it because it gives them better demographic data, it's like, fuck you, man. Like, no. <laughs> just because I go read one article on your news site, yeah. that doesn't mean I want to get every article you write in perpetuity. Right. And the the big part about that, right, is that these notifications are entirely opaque. You don't know what you're going to get and how frequently you know if you think about a site like you know nbc news or you know they put out dozens and dozens of articles a day i don't want all of those notifications right Mm -hmm. and as a developer you're limited because you can't change the browser's wording of that right you can't say oh hey get notifications for this all that happens is the browser pops up the little icon and it just says hey do you want to get notifications from this site and that's not useful it's it doesn't give any information so like in firefox the exact wording will you allow www.cnet.com to send notifications Mm -hmm. and that's it like that doesn't tell me anything about the notifications i intend to get right like what kind or what they're going to do with it and even if i want those notifications if i hit allow notifications it's difficult for most users to understand how to disable those notifications once they're pipelined in 
Yeah. It's not a hidden feature or anything. It's just not intuitive from the user's standpoint because it's a system-level feature. It's not a web page-level feature at that point. Dear Firefox, if you're listening to this, please add little Chrome controls where we can enable or disable these API tie-ins easily. That would be super cool. And if you look like... Also, thank you for listening. If you look here at... Uh, and I'm, I'm screen sharing with um, Aaron right now for anybody who is yeah. wondering when I say look here. Uh, in the bar, you get like the little the little icons up here, right? And you can click them and oh, get, yeah. get a pop-up. And then it's like, okay, here's your secure connection. And, and then here's the permissions section. But... Like, these icons don't look like anything to a normal user otherwise. Like, there's yeah. no invitation to click on them or anything. Right. And so it's it's just one of those things. It's obfuscated just enough as the user that if you have opted into them, that opt-out process is a little tough. Yeah. So at any rate, Mozilla ran these experiments. Uh, they did a couple of them back in April. They've got the reports up. We'll have those linked in the uh, show notes. Very interesting to go through and look at and, and read about and... Uh, see how people are using those notifications and it'll be interesting to see what the outcome of it is from that standpoint because it's it's just curious to see browser manufacturers say hey we're going to do this whole notifications api so that you have access to these new features and then they realize wow people are abusing these features so we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna lock those down and make them actually harder to get at but at this point anyone who says like wow i'm i'm surprised and uh, it was unexpected that these people misuse these features in this way that was profitable for them. Like, no. At this point, just assume if you allow, like, a browser to to do literally anything that it's going to be exploited. <laughs> you know, I think the thing about it is it's not even that it's being abused necessarily. It's just that it's so much – it's like the privacy compliance stuff and the cookie compliance yeah. stuff. It's the volume of now every time I go to these sites – I constantly get a cookie pop-up. I have to click the thing. Yeah. I got to do the stuff, and I have to do it so much. It's good for the I user. I just look for it's, it now. It's, it's the right yeah. thing to do, certainly, but it definitely creates a saturation experience that is unpleasant yeah. to the user. Well, and the other thing, too, is like I, I'm not prepared. If I go to a site just to read an article, like I just want to look at a news article, and now I have to decide, like, wait, what? Accept cookies? Uh, dude, I just want to read the article. Like, why do I have to make this decision about whether or not, like, you know, you're tracking me? Like, are you just tracking which stories I've read? Like, what's the point here? It's just, it's very vague. Yeah. Well, let us know. Uh, what are you using browser notifications? Which ones are you using? Um, I'll be I'd be interested to hear how people are making use of. It. I'd like to know also if you're going to consider dropping us a line. Have you switched to? Have you have you used the new Firefox and have you yeah. switched to it? And what what feature do you like about it? Like for me, like the the Facebook blocking thing was like both awesome and also like holy shit! Like every fucking site, <laughs> like <laughs> that little gate thing pops up on every site. It's like whoa, we're blocking a, a Facebook beacon attempt. It's like oh really? <laughs> so speaking of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook Ux is our next. Yeah, topic. this is kind of an interesting deal. And if you follow me on Twitter, I've talked about this a little bit, so you may have heard me already complain about some of these. Don't, not going to be complaining. I I will point out how silly and weird some of this stuff is, but we're also going to kind of offer some uh, you know options for how you might address this. What mm-hmm. happened is starting back in early <laughs> April, Facebook started rolling out FB five. 
FB5 is their latest redesign to the desktop experience. I think it also included, like, the mobile app, though. I, by this point, I think everybody has the new mobile app experience. For the browser, it's been in beta, and, like, I got access back in October. I know a lot of folks still don't have access to this yet. They still see the old yeah, Facebook. I, I still have the old one. Oh, you you still have Facebook? I figured you got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, No, I, I do still have an account, um, and I do check it occasionally. I, I used I I already have the app on my phone. I just check it through the browser and I actually can't click I can't share posts anymore. It always tells me it gives me like a five hundred basically. So I just basically just read you know, read the random things that my friends post every now and then. Yeah, so and I'll throw some screenshots in the show notes if you go by drunkenux.com after this. Uh, just so you can see if you haven't seen this new layout yet, you'll have access to uh, get a feel for kind of what it's like. The short answer is what they have done is they're basically trying to unify their design experience across mobile devices and desktop Mm -hmm. so if you've been using the mobile app when you see the new design on desktop it's going to feel immediately similar Mm -hmm. the navigation style is identical with the five buttons at the top the emphasis on stories right at the top uh, then mm-hmm. in your feed, like all of that is going to feel very similar. The iconography is now unified across all of them. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I, I will readily admit, that, you know, the old Facebook design was starting to feel very dated. Yeah. Uh, it's been around a while. The icons in particular, and I don't know why I specifically call that out, but like the their iconography and stuff they used in, in the old Facebook design was just, yeah, it didn't feel new it felt about six years old and i think they probably were about six years old so yeah uh so we get the same design layout we see the similar uh, feed styling but i also had an immediate reaction to (laughs) how this works so what i'm doing i'm sharing my screen aaron does not have access to the beta yet so um, i'm sharing my screen with him while we talk about some of this and we looked at it ahead of time as well so you'll have some flow here but uh, I will, like I said, I'll try to include screenshots of some of this stuff as we go, but I, I want to talk about some of the decisions they made and why they seem weird. Okay, before, I, I know what our first topic is here that we're talking about, but my first reaction when Michael showed me this a um, little bit ago was, why? <laughs> so, I don't, if for those of you who have been in the web game for a while, even if not as a developer, just as a user, you may remember in the early 2000s, the period when we were transitioning from like smaller screen resolutions, like 800 by 600 or even 640 by 480 for some people up to like 1024 or even 1280 width and how the design that the design problem was, okay, well, how do we make a layout that looks a similar experience at different viewport sizes? And the solution was, okay, well, let's put everything in like, you know, three column layout and have it aligned to the center of the page using margin zero auto. That was like the fix. What Facebook did here is it's like you have the main center channel column, and then you have on either side of it more than that much width of white space. And then on the wings of the page, far like pushed up against each of the sides is like two more of the um, content console, like a messenger list, and the other side is like page sections, events, and whatnot. But it's just, like, this problem's been solved already. Why are you doing it this way? And 
It's, uh, <laughs> I, in my defense, I am one of those monsters who runs my browser full screen most of the time. I am on a 2K monitor, so. Yeah, actually, make it not full screen. What's it look like when it's not it, full screen? It shrinks down exactly the way you would imagine. Okay. Okay, that doesn't look, that doesn't look as bad. Right. It definitely yeah. is a function of how wide you want to make your screen. Yeah. But they but they could have satisfied this if they just like had if they didn't do justify space between flex, assuming that's what they're doing there, and instead did like I don't know, literally anything else. <laughs> like justify content center or something. Yeah, so to kind of just start running down this this white space problem, right? Uh first and foremost, this is what happens when you have a mobile first design that's brought to desktop without really mm -hmm. any consideration for those impacts. It, I said it first thing. If you use the mobile app and you see this, you're going to immediately recognize it and it's going to seem somewhat familiar to you. But bolting on the sidebars and letting them just fly out to the far reaches is definitely a consequence of them saying, well, we just need to put something there. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's not a great experience. And it makes me, to do a real throwback here, it makes me long for the Google Plus feed. Yeah, I, I, that's the um. You reminded me of that earlier. The the masonry. Look, yeah, right? remember masonry yeah. when that was like the thing. So you would land on Google Plus, and what they would do is based mm -hmm. on how wide your monitor was, your feed might be two columns, it might be three columns, it might be four columns, and they used mm -hmm. a masonry grid layout to bring in all the stories and posts and tile them in there, so that you had your whole screen filled with with content. Now. I'm not saying that as that's a good approach to this kind of content. I actually would mm -hmm. argue that it probably is not at all a great approach. But It was a little weird. But this yeah. is like the complete opposite of that <laughs> and not in a good way. It's like now I'm left with all this space and I'm just like use it for something. Give me some actionable thing that I can do with all of this space that's surrounding my content. There, there's all these vestigial choices that were made to make it mobile friendly. For example, the content blocks, you know, you have the author and then you have the content. And then if there's a photo, they have the photo there. And then underneath that, it's like the who likes this. And then under that, it's the like the interaction controls, like comment, the comment feed, et cetera. They're all like vertically stacked top to bottom because on a mobile, you don't have a lot of horizontal real estate. But on desktop, it's the opposite problem. So why are we chill, still using? This lay as a vertical layout when we have an abundance of horizontal space. And it, you know? if anybody wants an example of that, think about how Instagram does it on desktop. In, Instagram yes, on your phone exactly. is all linear, vertical linear. Uh, but if you look at a post on a desktop, it stre it stretches it out. You get your image on the left, you get your comment section, everything on the right. Um, there are, and you could do that in a way that it still linearizes well between narrow and wide screens without like having it be extra layout. Uh, there is, and I want to make sure we acknowledge white space is a good thing. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. White space is a tool. It is a feature in some cases, uh, when it is done right. There's an article we'll link from UX myths that goes over this. They have five points that mm -hmm. talk about making white space work for you and let me read those mm -hmm. real fast and just think about them when we talk about half of this page is white space one right allows for easier readability and scanability two prioritizes user interface elements three guides users on the page four can create the feeling of sophistication and elegance 
5 is essential for a balanced, harmonious layout. And I would argue that this is not doing <laughs> any of those five things. It fails on all the things. You're not making white space. You're not making design better. You're making white space worse. It's not readable or scannable <laughs> because now I'm forced to, you know, it's it's the Fitz law, right? The, the yeah. time to acquire a target is a function of its distance and size. And so now yeah. I've got elements on the far left. I've got elements on the far right. And it's it takes effort and to scan this page. And they're not they're not bigger. Like, I mean, the distance, there's a huge gap of white space. And then the things on the left and the right are the same tiny size they would be normally. So it, it's not like they've been made larger. And so the distance is easier to get to. It's just the same as it was. And I think the, all, the, like, the use case that's better than this is to look at Twitter's redesign. Mm-hmm. Twitter had a very similar redesign in that they went to make their website feel much more like their mobile app. It has a much lighter looking experience. They have, you know, improved the sizing and and scale of elements, but they did the opposite of this. They did the thing you were talking about, Aaron. They brought Mm -hmm. in, they they squeezed stuff together in the middle. Uh, You still have white space on your edges, but I think having gutters is, uh, having gutters on the sides is such a different thing from having gutters literally taking up two fifths of the middle of your page. It, when you have the gutters on the side, I, I mean, just think about if you were to um, – it, it's a perspective thing. Like if you were to draw something and you want to make it look like it's coming out at you, you put the thing in the center of the, the layout and then on either side you put you know the white space to kind of suggest that there's a background back there and the thing in front of you is in the center and it's big because it's close to you. So it it visually creates kind of a multiplanar effect. Whereas with this, what this looks like is you have three things coming at you and then the background is, is somewhere else. So it's just, it's just, it's confusing. There's, there's no visual path for this. Use white space well. Use it to emphasize your elements. Use it to make the flow of the page feel nice. And ele- like the, mm-hmm. the phrase from UX myths, elegant. Um, or no, they said, uh, yeah, elegance was the word they used. Use it to draw attention to things that require attention drawn to them. You know, this this mm-hmm. feed is super narrow. Um, it, just to to look at it, when you are looking at this on a 2K screen, you've got this whole middle section that is coming out to like, mm-hmm. what is it, barely 600 pixels wide? Not even 600 pixels wide. Yeah, it's pretty narrow. Pad it, margin it, make that bigger, that you have the space at that point. So there's no reason to not suck that uh into some of that area so that you feel like your space is being utilized find a way to bring content in um but don't Mm. just leave it empty because you don't know what else to do with it i i'm gonna say that i i'm gonna give them three months well actually we'll say till march of next year i guess that's about five months i i'm thinking that they're making kind of a lateral and like an orthogonal shift to have like a similar experience to what they had before, but with a totally different layout. Cause like the way that their HTML was like schemed out before, was pretty bad. Um, so they probably had to gut that layout pretty hard, but I, I'd be interested to see like in March, like I'll give them till then something's gotta be different by then. Like they'll, they'll have to do something else with this new layout. So with changes to layout comes changes to the feed. Yeah. Now, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, take your pick. Uh, all of these folks, you know, they've started emphasizing this idea of showing you the important things rather than the most recent things. And, you know, that 
that's been its own debate, certainly, amongst people. Uh, I am somebody who subscribes heavily to the most recent mm -hmm. approach, mainly because I don't generally care about what happened eight hours ago or 12 hours ago or whatever. Right. I, I look at the site and I'm like, I just want to know what's happening now, and then I'm going to move on to my next thing. That's me. And mm -hmm. for other people, other things work better. Um, I've gotten used to the way Instagram works, so it's it's not that I can't mm -hmm. adapt to that. One of the problems that I've I've had with feed sorting in the new layout, they've basically buried the ability to change it. This used to be over on the left. Uh, on the left-hand side in that little uh, nav bar, you could click a little down arrow and you'd have the choice to sort by most, you know, most recent, most popular. And I noticed when I came to my feed, I don't have that now. What I've noticed is I can't change it. But I got confused because as I played with it more... I did figure it out, and it's a super bizarre contextual choice. If you come to the to Facebook's homepage when you're logged in, um, or you reload the page, at the top of your feed, it will tell you you're viewing most recent, and then it'll say back to top posts, and there's a link there. Mm -hmm. If you proceed to do anything else on the page, and then go back to your feed... It has now switched you to top posts, and it takes away that option up at the top that says you're viewing most recent or most popular, uh, or top posts, rather, and go back to the other one. It just vanishes. Even though I'm now looking, I've gone from landing on the homepage to, say, looking at an event to going back to the homepage. Same context for me as the user, but now less options. That makes no sense to me at all, except yeah. that I know that Facebook is really trying to push their top posts algorithm. You know, they have all those, ver those horizontal white space. Why don't they <laughs> just like do like your normal feed on the left and then like a very, very brief rundown of your top posts on the right? That'd be interesting. Yeah. Throw something in there to you know add a feed of some kind. I don't know. I yeah. This is one where, I mean, the only suggestion I would have is to just not take it away. Yeah. Like I, there's no reason whatsoever to make that choice to say yeah, we're going to take that off of uh off of the feed when the user comes back. I I don't mean to be cynical, but I think this gets back to the thing that we should always remember is that we are not the users, we're the product and the pro the users are the advertisers. And so they're going to show us the feed in the way that makes them money. Yeah. And not the way that we and they'll show us just enough to keep us from leaving this and week. as a consequence this is basically them trying to wean us off of that i mean that is definitely what's happening but yeah i mean we know from research and from experiences on other platforms that people want recent that is a function yeah. they want and i'm definitely in that group yeah navigation let's talk navigation while we're looking at this there there are two main nav elements you have a main nav on top and a side nav on obviously mm -hmm. the side the side nav, or let's let's talk top nav first. Top nav is easier. First off, Facebook lets you customize a lot of stuff, and we're going to talk about customizations with the side nav in a second. But knowing that we can customize things, Facebook knows what we use. Facebook knows what we interact with the most. There are five nav elements at the top of this page. They're the same on the mobile app as they are on the desktop app now. Home. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me see if I can okay. guess. Home home is the first. It's pretty yes. obvious. It's like a house. The second one I'm guessing is video. Good enough. Is that what it's it is? Watch. Watch. Okay. Watch video. Yes. Okay. 
The third one, it looks like a storefront with a notification. I'm guessing that some kind of mark. Facebook has a marketplace. That now, is right? marketplace. Okay, and then the next one, it looks like the icon of a person with two people behind it. I'm assuming that's groups. Correct. And the last one, maybe like a maze or a Tetris piece. Is it a puzzle a game? Wow. I'm I'm genuinely surprised you got the last one. You you went right to what it was. I didn't expect that. I wasn't completely sure on that one. And just to be clear, like Michael didn't coach me this beforehand. That was a like legitimate guess. Yeah, no, no, no. That uh, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised actually that you got uh, two of those. Certainly, marketplace. I don't feel is anywhere. Put a, a dollar sign on it. Dollar yeah. sign. Yeah, a shopping be... cart, something like that. Yeah, um, gaming. Put a controller there. Put you know. Yes. Or, or literally anything except it's like a it's incredibly abstract and l and those yeah <laughs> those are not tetris pieces like those are not the shape of tetris pieces <laughs> no i mean it's like if you zoomed in really closely on like the l piece in a tetris game like it's just part of it that's all you see and that they could have gone uh, there's a noun project go look at that look up what game is on noun yeah. project so that's one problem that is not the problem that i have quite frankly um iconography is an issue Mm -hmm. the the real problem i have with this is that i never and when i say never i mean it through and through i never click watch and i never click gaming yeah why can't i get events as one of those or calendar yeah you know why can't i get anything else up there the messenger button something something that i actually use the create button we'll talk about that in just a second put anything up there and do it based on my interaction or at least let me change it in settings or something like that. Let me go in and I can, you know, decide what I want for me because it is social media. It's about my experience and it's about my engagement and they're smart enough to know how to do that. Well, but the thing that you're forgetting though is four of the, well, three of those five things make them direct money. Uh, Groups is arguable. Like whether or not it makes the money, but like watch marketplace and games makes Facebook That's, money. You are entirely correct. Yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. It, it, but again, UX isn't about business. You know, UX is about users. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, and I, I I agree that we should be able to change that. And that's something I would like. Maybe FV Purity can yeah. swap those icons around or something. So <laughs> the side nav, let's talk side nav now because this is the one where it gets super yeah. gnarly. So left or left. right? The the right isn't okay. really nav. The right is just the messenger and contacts. So it's, okay. Okay. the right bar is pretty much throwaway for the most part. But the left side bar okay. is super interesting. Uh, yeah. Now, first and foremost, white space is an issue again, but in a different way. Yeah. We have this bar... And over half of the bar is empty on the bottom. Right. Which is a very strange choice to make, I think, when you could put anything in there at that point. What happens if you – I see some, like, unexpanded down arrows. What happens if you click on Right. So uh, he's looking at a couple of my uh, personalized links. So I've got a couple, like, the Drunken UX podcast shows up there. So if I hit the down arrow, mm-hmm. it takes me into the page. Oh, what? It doesn't... Okay, that was not what I yeah, expected. Yeah, it doesn't expand anything. What the fuck? <laughs> but, here's... You, you, uh, want, you want a real uh, mind bender? You see... Jacob's Law right you there. You see my face up here at the top 
where it says Michael Feenan right under home. Michael yes. Feenan, that's me, right? If I click with an up if arrow. I click that, what happens? I go to my page, right? But there's yeah. an up arrow next to it. What happens if I click that? I don't know. It what? It's collapsing an option. Uh, oh wait, no. You know what? Here you go. Look at this. It's oh. there are two hit boxes, and the arrow oh hit God. box is not at all intuitive. So what the, what they have is the the up and down arrow hit box is a child of the container that contains both the name of the group and also this control. Yeah, and they're not adjacent. They should be adjacent elements. Wow, yeah, so that's interesting that, yeah, because it is, it's a, it is a pure child. So it does expand it. It does there, expand it. Yeah, there is an okay. expander there. Oh, that was, I, I would not have guessed yeah, that. Yeah, and it's it's such yeah. a small hitbox that if you hit, yeah, anywhere outside. So you're you're learning something with us uh, live in the recording as you're listening. You're seeing me screw up and get this wrong uh, because <laughs> of the way they've decided to go about that. Okay, so side nav, white space issue, drop down arrows, obviously an issue. Let's see. First off, mystery meat navigation. This is a term, if you yeah. aren't familiar with Vincent Flanders, he coined this, I don't know, what, 96, 97, somewhere around then. Um, oh, right. I got. I first heard about it in Krug's Don't Make Me Think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It was someone else who coined it. Um, because look at, I say, look at my navigation. Aaron, look at my navigation. <laughs> I'll read it for everybody yes. else. I have me, okay. my link to me. Then I've got two pages that I manage. Then there's an event mm-hmm. that I've never looked at. Like, it's just there. But then I have events under that. Then I have Marketplace. It's not, e- it's not even like an event happening tomorrow. It says 15th. Yeah, so it's like two weeks so from now. Like, so Facebook had decided that, 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 that you should see that event. I have Marketplace, which is mm-hmm. super ironic since Marketplace is one of the primary nav elements. Why is it Wait, duplicated? okay. So click on each of those. Like, does it go to the same page? Yeah. Okay, so there's that one. And then if you... Okay, wait a minute. So the marketplace icon above your feed had a red dot above it before. Yeah, I looked at it, so it took away in, my notification. Well, right, but at the top one we just went and looked at it, it said no new notifications. Oh, <laughs> let, let's get into notifications in a second. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, so mystery meet navigation, though. Duplication. Why is marketplace in both of these? I mean, I, yeah. I say that knowing the obvious answer. Um, I know why marketplace is in both of them, but it's ridiculous for the user to see them both um, is it to get make it more visible for well, like you said it's part of how they make money yeah. okay you know there yeah. when you go into the marketplace what's one of the first things you see it's these sponsored marketplace posts right so, you know they make money off of it so they're trying to push it hard yeah. friends and then you get to see more and i love the see more because see more but because this is one where see more does have a totally different experience uh when i say and I'll, I'll describe it for everybody here. The links up above we were talking about that had a down arrow. And that down arrow had right. its own hit state as a child to the bigger one. Right. See more is presented identically with a down arrow. Right. Doesn't have but There's that. no hitbox. That's, <laughs> that's one reason why I didn't catch it on the ones up above. Because see more was one of the first ones oh. I interacted with. Because I'm like, see more what? This Bus. this navigation is already mystery meat. It already has no organization. It's it's this random list, and I know I know abstractly that it is related to things that Facebook thinks I care about. I get that. So my my guess is I, I'm assuming they built this in React because they invented React. Uh, my guess is that they have a different component for the see more button and a different component for all the other buttons above it. And that the the behavior is not inherited. It's bad. 
Yeah, I don't know why they. And did then that. when you hit it, you just get a list of all the links. Like there's no Jesus. like look at this. Uh, you you now you have groups, watch, memories, saved pages, jobs, ads manager, recommendations, crisis response. Hey, there's most recent Oculus <laughs> weather. I don't own an Oculus by the way, but I still have the links for it. Uh, fundraisers, town hall, games, buy and sell groups, buy and sell groups. Even oh, wait, though wait, we already have at, two, look at the games. Look, look at the games. Games icons, icons different. We have it's buy and sell groups, pad. even though we already have two links to marketplace. Uh, yeah, it it's just like it's see more, see more everything. Yeah. I guess like it's just such a worthless use of that space uh, for a navigation. Yeah, the the last big piece of this is up at the very top right of this navigation. There is a button called mm-hmm. create. <laughs> it doesn't okay. look like a button for one it just it's a text link but there's no underline it is blue it's at least blue. i'll give them that it it just yeah. says create it does get a little bit of a hover state but yeah again much like see more it's like create what i presume create a post right you would think yeah that's that's what i would guess too you i mean you did show me this earlier so i do i do know what's under that but i was completely yeah. shocked create you hit yeah. it and it's create a page, create an ad, group, event, marketplace listing, fundraiser. So again, we're duplicating a bunch of the things that are under the See More link. But it's just randomly placed at the top right of this list. And it's yeah. very strangely de-emphasized. Why would you put it first thing, top right, and then yeah. not make it a clear button, make it not bold, it's just blue text? Take games out of my main nav and put the create button up there and if you're wanting to entice people to make things then entice them to make them don't do this weird not important presentation of the button just thrown in like it's it is absolutely just glued on to the top of this too it makes no sense where it is so what i was going to mention is rest like the the development paradigm of rest restful application Um, the, the whole idea behind that is, is having, it's like be having resource based. So like the idea you would have pages and then you'd have things within those pages. Like rails is like heavily built on this idea. Anyways. Um, if you had a section in your nav that was called pages and underneath it, it had uh, like on your thing, you have one for the, the drunken Ux podcast yes. and then also uh, downtown Pittsburgh, <laughs> downtown Pittsburgh, Kansas. So you have like both of those groups and or pages rather and if above it it said you know it had like a heading pages right. or pages you manage or pages you subscribe to whatever and then next to that it said create or it had like a plus button or something anything like that that would make instant sense what that's for you would be like oh create create a page i know what this means i i don't know I don't know what it is with like all this new like layout and UI design being like non-resourceful. It's like everything is just put wherever the fuck people want to put it and it doesn't make any sense. There, there's no discovery, right? Like there's no right. way to know what is behind that Seymour link. There's no way to know until you get hover gaming and and see the pop-up. Yeah. Like there's there's no discovery in the UI and so mm. much of this, so much of it could be solved with line breaks and headers. Yeah. And it's not like there's not white space there to do that. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You know, it's not like there isn't room there to make that be the case. Or or just like, uh, I mean, going back to Krug, you know, like, it's not about having fewer clicks to get to things. Like, flat, does, flat architecture is not the way to go. It's about having 
like lowering your cognitive load for your users and making it easier to get to where you want to go. All those items under see more, you could probably group a bunch of those together, like, you know, like commerce or whatever marketplace, three or four things go under that. Even if it just expanded it like an accordion nav, that would be strictly better than what they have and right now. Just to throw one more irritability point on this. Notice these aren't even in any order. They aren't alphabetical. They're no. not. They're just <laughs> they're not. random. And that actually uh, not alphabetizing stuff that is otherwise random is a, a huge pet peeve of mine. Like you, it, give it I'm, something. Maybe is it ranked based on what they perceive the relevance would be? Who for knows? You? Who knows? That's mystery me. Yeah, right? Who I knows? really don't know. Yeah. Um, search is a fun one. This one's simple, but it's also again weirdly inconsistent. <laughs> Upper left, you get a search box. Same search Facebook box that you've always had. Search Facebook has been weirdly changed over time. I'm going to go to my page. I'm going to go to the Drunken UX page. <laughs> now. It... Okay, so what I'm, what I'm seeing in Michael's screen here is that the what we had before was like a wide search box that had an obvious place to type with like helper search and then a little spyglass icon. And now it's just the yeah. icon. There's no box. And there's no reason like it, there's nothing there right they didn't add any options or features there they just took away the box you click on it it still works exactly the same though yeah the po it still pops up a, a search box in space with your uh quick results and all of that but they just arbitrarily change it from a box to an icon wait go click on that again okay so it has a listing of what looks like pages. It, these are my recent And each searches. one has an X. Oh, okay. Okay. Each one has an X next to it. Worth noting, no tooltips on, on this. So, yeah, right. you don't necessarily know. I mean, it's. I think you can... In, oh, and it has that same hitbox problem, too. The X is super tiny, though. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, same hitbox problem. It's a, a, The X is a child element of the bigger item, so you have to hit it very precisely. That's both a fits flaw and possibly an accessibility issue. <laughs> You've got that, right? But it doesn't end there. That's yeah. that's not where, where things stop. Let me see if I can do it with a... But wait, there's less. So I, I went into a picture, for instance. Okay. Now I get a close button, a Facebook button, and my search box is gone. Now, that's not just with pictures either. So if I go back, I'm going to go back to my homepage, and let's click this event that they clearly want me to be a part of. I click into the event. Same problem. I get a back arrow, a Facebook icon, and now my search is gone. And there's no reason. Yeah, there's, there's space. There's tons of room to just leave it there. There's yeah. no reason for the context to change and take away that search option. At the very least, if you're concerned about space, because they do add the back arrow. You get this back arrow pattern that comes into play. Okay, then change the search box into the search button to save the space, to make room for that back arrow. But there's no reason to take it away entirely. Yeah. So to search, you're basically forced to go back to the home page. If you're looking at somebody else's page, looking at... Because I, I get the search box looking at the Drunken UX page, but that's my page. Um, looking at somebody else's page. Uh, so here's a private group that I'm a part of. And boom, I get a back arrow, Facebook icon, no search. Just, just put the button there. I, yeah, it it's such a weirdly arbitrary addition of difficulty. Uh, so I know again going back to like Facebook, I presume is built in React. Like the whole point of a component based framework is that you can reuse things. Why are they not reusing the search box? That seems like kind of a really slam dunk case for a reusable component. Yeah, 
So lastly, the last big part of this is something we've already uh, alluded to, but it's notifications. And I want to talk very specifically about this because there's an article over at UX Planet that I'll have linked, and they talk about how notifications themselves are already a distraction. And in this case, we're talking about notifications inside of Facebook, not like the browser notifications we were talking about at the start of the show. These are the notifications that Facebook gives you about people interacting with your stuff and doing it within the context of the site. So, I'm just going to do this here, and I'm going to read. When you come to your Facebook page, you have the bell. The, when you click the bell, it gives you your notification panel. Right. First and foremost, the feed appears to be in no order. <laughs> I have a comment followed by a picture, followed by a group, followed by a page, followed by two comments, followed by a page, followed by a status i guess yeah followed by an an event followed by groups so keep that in mind my i originally when uh aaron and i were looking at this stuff i went over this with him and i said you know maybe they're grouping these by type first and now i'm not convinced that's true it's it's funny the the time like so it's 31 minutes ago then about an hour ago and then 51 minutes ago and then about an hour ago and then three hours ago two hours ago three hours ago about an hour ago, on downwards. And I think, wasn't there one earlier that was like just minutes ago or something? Uh, yeah, I think there was earlier when we looked. Yeah. It, yeah, the timing, the time stamping of it is in, it. this comes back to the most recent versus top, whatever. Like, why are my newest notifications not at the top? Like, what am I supposed to infer about the information I'm being presented right. with here? And uh, when you look at it, you can see, when I clicked my notification bell, it said I had one new notification. Except when I'm in my panel, I clearly have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight new notifications in yeah. there. Clicking them wipes out the little one new notification, but it doesn't actually mark anything as seen. I'm guessing it's seen versus red? Yeah, maybe. I, I guess. Because I can hit, if I hit mark all as red, then all my blue, but my yeah. blue dots go away. But right. this is just, it's in no order. You can't look at this and know what has happened recently to get information about your interactions. It seems like the value proposition they're giving you here is is Facebook is telling you, just trust us. We know what you want. And I think pretty consistently they've not shown that to be true. What they're doing is they're – it's like, trust us. We'll show you the things that make us the most money. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is absolutely – I just refreshed just to see if it would change the order or anything and, and no mm-hmm. – yeah. Comments, pictures, pages, comments, pages. They're in, they're just in no order. the The timing is still all over the place. Fifty two minutes, hour, three hour, two hour, three hour. I would I would think that most people don't have so much Facebook traffic coming through that showing things in chronological order would be problematic. And I and it it always seems like Twitter does this too. They like they'll design features that are optimized for people who have like a shit ton of traffic you know like millions of followers and you know but there's how many of those it's it's got to be a really small percentage and the rest of us you know have a suboptimal experience and and it's such (laughs) an easy problem to fix right like yeah show me notifications and if if you want to group them then say you know show uh, comment notifications show story notifications right put headers again let's throw that back in the mix section these out if they are grouped in some way then put headers or, over them and say you know here that all we get you get a new 
and you get an earlier, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now, in their defense, it does look like when you get to earlier, those do appear to be it's purely like more chronological. Than 12 hours. Yeah. So why is the top different from that? Why is the top not in the same <sighs> order? You know, give me some feedback as a user. Let me sort it. Let me say I want my most recent notifications or I want my most relevant notifications, something like that. Like, yeah. But don't just give me randomized notifications. The other consequence of this, and I don't know how it factors in together, but they do in-page um, little pop-up notifications of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I will get notifications of things from like eight hours ago. Yeah. And I will get several of them in succession when I load a page if I don't constantly go in and mark them as red. Even if I've seen it. Yeah. Like if I've seen it many times, it will keep popping it up. That's, a, I think, a consequence of all of this that's just there. But it feels like if you're building something and notifications for your user are important, then give them context clues for how they are looking at those notifications. So they, Facebook is good at one thing, and that's trying to capture as much of your attention as possible. And it just occurred to me that maybe the reason for the weird ranking in your notifications list is because they found that that leads to more engagement somehow. But I, I think that begs the question, like, is that a good thing? Like, is that ultimately like a better user experience if we're being compelled to use it as much as possible? I would argue that it, that doesn't matter that it's unethical design at that point. Well, agreed. <laughs> that's kind that's, of rhetorical. That's one of those things like, <laughs> even if the data would back you up that says, if the question is, does, randomizing the order of notifications lead to more conversions in the marketplace. You know, something like right. that. If the answer to that question is yes, that answer doesn't matter because you're still doing the wrong thing for the user. Right. Right. And it'd be different if it was like users are saying like, Hey, like, can you just, just fuck my shit up? Just, you know, <laughs> like rank it, rank it whatever way, like, would make sense use a secret sauce or whatever but that's i don't think that's what people are saying i think that pretty consistently people like people like you and me like everyday people with a reasonable number of yeah. followers have said like just give us chronological order back that's all we want like and i've i used instagram way less since they switched to like rank display i the not having it being chronological order has made it really confusing and i I have a hard time following it, so I just don't use it as much. But, and that's – I will say straight up, I don't use Facebook as much now. This new, yeah. And it's not just the, oh, it's different and different is bad. Like it's not that. I find yeah. it harder to use now. I find it yeah. – the notifications are infuriating to me. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the ability to get around the page is much harder now. But let me know what you think. If you've gotten access to the, the FB5 beta – Maybe you like it. That's fine. Um, I would love to hear what you like about it and what works for you. Hopefully some of these have been good lessons, though, You know about what you can do to address some of this. If you're building tools that have these kind of features, what to consider mm. when context changes, when layout is wider than you would expect, You know, and, and just how to approach some of these in a way that builds on user engagement and, and focuses on what mm -hmm. is right for them not necessarily what you're just trying to cram at them. Yeah. This episode of the Drunken UX Podcast is brought to you by something really cool. It's an alternative to .com. It's the .design domain name. 
I'm a big fan of interesting, unique website names. So if you're a designer and you've thought of the perfect name for your website and it isn't available under .com, check out .design. Chances are the domain name you want is waiting for you. Head to porkbun.com and use the coupon code DRUNKENUX on the checkout page to get a free .design domain name for your website. Face it, there are no good .coms left. Years down the road, we're going to care about cool, nice URLs that are relevant to the website you're going to. And the fact that there's so many TLDs to choose from, you really can get a domain name that's right for you and right for your business. .design is a great one. Visit porkmun.com now and use the coupon code DRUNKENUX at checkout and literally get a year of a .design domain name for free. It's bundled with free email hosting, who is privacy, and SSL certs. That's a lot for nothing. Forget .coms. .design is widely used. There's Airbnb.design, Facebook.design, Uber.design, Adobe.design, and so many more. Google doesn't care. It functions the same way as a .com or .org. It's just more interesting. It's better branding. It looks great on resumes or business cards, and it looks awesome on email addresses. .design reflects what you do as a designer. Did we mention it's free and includes a year of email hosting, who is privacy, and SSL certs, and all of that stuff? Just go to porkbun.com and use coupon code DRUNKENUX at checkout. Hey, thanks for listening today. It's good to be back. and uh... It's much less lonely. <laughs> thanks to Michael for holding down the fort last week. I do what I can. <laughs> Uh, hey, be sure to come and connect with us. Uh, we, I, really, I would love to hear your feedback about uh, are you using Firefox and what do you think about it? And then also, are you on the FB5 and how has that been for you? Like, really, like, I know that Michael and I were both very critical of it. Uh, but if you like it, I'd like to know what you like about it. Like, maybe we're missing something. Um, you can connect with us about that or other things on Twitter or Facebook.com slash DrunkenUX or on Instagram.com slash DrunkenUX podcast or just come and chat with us on the Slacks at DrunkenUX.com slash Slack. You know, to, in our defense too, you know, I think we're, we're critical because we care and quite frankly, I'm critical because I like the general direction of their redesign. Like, it, it mm. is a, there is a lot of improvement over the old, I guess, can I call it FB4? I don't know. Uh, but that old, F, the, the last Facebook design, like this is a, a yeah. big improvement in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's just that the ways that it's not, it just really isn't. And I, I think that's what bugs me about it the most. I'm still giving the benefit of the doubt a little bit that this is just a lateral move that they're going to build on and actually fix stuff next. And, and for you all that were listening, if you had trouble following some of the descriptions of some of these features, I will have screenshots in the show notes at drunkenux.com. Drop by there, check them out. Stay tuned over the next month. We've got two more episodes to round out Season 2, two interviews coming your way. Um, we'll be talking about uh, some tools and some accessibility stuff with some folks that are super keen, to say the least. So <laughs> be paying attention for that. Hit the subscribe button in your app to make sure you get alerted when those are done. You will get notifications on your terms if you do it that way. <laughs> See how I like bringing all this around? I'm, I'm really good at like yeah, taking good. some of these threads and holding on to them. And I pull them through the show. I back reference even, you know, past episodes. It comes with training. It comes <laughs> with experience. And it comes with this desire to make sure that when we give people advice, that we give them the best advice we possibly can. Things like, oh, 
Did I get you? <laughs> they, oh, that's maybe good. keep your personas close <laughs> and your users closer. Dude, that was meta as fuck. <laughs> bye bye. Well done. <laughs>